Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Modern DS Podcast. Episode 9 today, and we're going to expand on episode 8, which was my thoughts on how deism can make us a better person. Uh, how it can help us improve ourselves from a moral standpoint. The reason we're doing that is by whether it be circumstance, or whether it be synchronicity, or whether it be some sort of universal energy, or, again, just flat, plain circumstance. I actually came across the email on another computer, a laptop, uh, during my recent vacation. And I had already actually recorded episode 8, even though I didn't put it out before I left. Before I left, I just recorded it and then left the file and put it out when I got home on, on Monday of this week. And I kind of answered it as a mile-high question. And while I was going through this laptop that I take whenever I'm on vacation, I found this email from this gentleman we'll call Bobby, that prompted that. There's so much deeper than what I talked about in Episode 8. So if you're new to the Modern Deist podcast, and this is the first one you're listening to, it would probably be best at this point, given there's only nine of them, to go all the way back to the beginning. But certainly you might want to listen to Episode 8, because this is really an extension of that. So some generalist things I may leave out and be specific to this question, because I bet there's a lot of people out there that feel the way that Bobby does. Bobby says... Um, Hey, Jack, my question is this. How do you personally continue to cultivate your spiritual growth and create a solid moral foundation for yourself and the family that you lead? Over the last decade, I have tried, but just have not been able to bring myself to embrace organized religion. I didn't start going to church until I was about 15. For that reason, I can look at religion with a more objective perspective. When I started going to church, I was mature enough not to just accept things for face value and was naturally very skeptical. I knew for the most part the morals and principles of the Christian faith teaches were ideals that I desired in my own life. The people who I most admired for being well-grounded and just good people were also Christians. The people in my life who did not attend church and didn't call themselves Christians typically were people who just didn't seem to have their lives together. So at the age of 15, I knew in general people who call themselves Christians seem to have a better handle on life. I joined a Baptist church with a desire to learn about the Creator and apply Christian principles to my life. Since that time, I have visited numerous churches and different denominations, but I still have unbelief, as a Christian would call it. It bothers me that so many people accept the story of Jesus' resurrection without even questioning it. If I told someone that my Uncle Joe was dead for three days and arose from the grave, immediately people would disregard me as a nut job. However, these same people don't even question the same story that happened over 2,000 years ago. It's amazing what peer pressure can do. People tell me I just need to talk to God, create a relationship with God. Well, guess what? When I talk to someone, I don't think is much of a conversation if I'm doing the talking and getting no feedback. Also, imagine having a relationship with a person you keep trying to connect with, but you never get a response from. Well, you probably would not continue to try to have a relationship with this person that treats you this way. Even though I wholeheartedly want to believe the Christian faith teaches, I can't do it and be honest with myself. I'm not choosing the door of the, on the Christian faith. I just need a reason to believe at this point in my life. I believe I fall somewhere in between agnostic and deist. Logic and reason tells me there's a creator. I don't pretend to know who the creator is, nor pretend to know the thoughts and mind of the creator. 
I've heard you discuss spiritual evolution, and I know it is similar to mine. Since you are older and wiser, I hope maybe you could provide some insight on how you overcome some difficulties. These are some of my difficulties. One, what resources do you use to build good character and principles in your life? Even though I don't take the Bible literally, I still felt like applying its teachings to my life gave me a good moral foundation and compass. I still have a desire to grow spiritually and instill moral principles in my life. Two, over the years of bringing my family to the church, I have seen good principles such as honesty and integrity instilled in my children from the Christian faith. Also, my family, we have really enjoyed the traditions of Christmas and the great memories I created for our family. This, to me, is part of why we continue to go to church. Uh, that is the teaching of my children things. I don't believe to be true, but the other side of me says traditions as Christmas holiday provide me as a young child such great memories. So I really do want to have my... I do, do I really want to deprive my children of those memories? These are some of the difficulties they face, and I look forward to your feedback. Okay, that's very deep, Bobby, and I understand because... Uh, a lot of this does apply to my life. When I first met my wife, now of 20 years, uh, my son, who I, I accepted as my own, who would you know, legally be called my stepson, was seven years old. They were part of the Methodist Church. By then, I had basically, in my mind, had become an atheist, though I dared not tell anybody that, because, frankly, unless you're talking to another atheist, it doesn't do you any good. I actually think the atheist position doesn't do anybody a hell of a lot of good. Um, just in of itself. If that's who you are, that's fine. You want to be that, 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 that's, that's, I'm not telling you. You know, I think one of the problems I've started to attract atheists to this show because of one of the Facebook groups that I post the episodes to. And, um, I, I posted that group because there's deists in it, not because there's atheists in it. I have no desire to convert the atheist, but I, I do think the atheist position is lacking in anything of substantive value. And what I mean by that is it adds nothing to you. It's kind of what you're talking about. I don't, you don't believe in the Christian faith, and I don't believe in the Christian faith, but you're acknowledging that it brings something to the table of value for people. And kind of that's where I was like, okay, I don't really believe this, but I'll go. And then I just have um, an ability to teach. I'm a, I'm a teacher at heart. That's why I've been doing a podcast on other subjects for 10 years and made it my lifelong or my life work, and I've been able to actually make a very good income for myself, basically as a teacher. I, I put it this way, in my other podcast, I make an income that's about five times what the average teacher makes, maybe six, depending on what state you're in, uh, and all I do is teach for an hour to two hours a day. So I'm a good teacher. If you're good at something, you're going to do it. So when we entered that church, um, one of the ways I was able to be part of that church without sitting in mass so much is I, I, I got involved with an adult Sunday school, and when I went to church, I actually didn't go to Mass. I went to the adult Sunday school. So at least you could have a conversation like you're saying. Instead of sitting there listening to a preacher tell you to, to talk to God, you could discuss religion. And I took the, the stance of explaining what their book meant to them without having to say this is what I believe. It was actually quite interesting. It was like teaching a comparative religion course where you could teach, like, so if I was teaching comparative religion as a professor in a college, and I was going to teach Buddhism one day and Hinduism the next day, I don't have to believe it to explain what it means. So that was kind of the stance that I took to be attached to the church and accepted with the family and everything, but not actually have to go in and pretend that I believe what I didn't believe, because I just didn't believe it. In that, I saw a lot of what you were talking about, and I remembered, you know, going to Catholic Mass and things like that as a kid, Catholic Sunday school and Catholic school. I actually went to Catholic school for four years of my eight years of uh, of primary education. 
and there were good things about it. And the best part about it wasn't really, well, we have Christmas because my family, we don't get involved with church at all now, okay? My wife still clings to her Christianity, but in her heart she knows it's wrong. I mean, for instance, I remember one day she got a kid's book. She was reading it to our grandson on the flood, the Noah flood. She got about three pages into it. It's like, we're not reading that. Because it wasn't appropriate for a child. God destroyed every living form of life on the planet. This is not appropriate for a child. And she understood what inherently wrong it was to program the mind that way of a child that young. And we read a book about Pete the Cat. It was much better. So it's not that that is the value. It's the community. Christmas is not something that you need church for. Christmas is the biggest secular holiday in the United States. And it's really, you got to keep the Christ in Christmas. No, you have to keep the Christ in Christmas. Christ is your God, not my God as a deist. You can have Christ in Christmas, and I have Christmas as a great time of year that my family gets together. And some of them are devoutly religious, and they can do their thing, and I do mine, and we have that thing together. But what, what's missing for deists, and it's something that I will acknowledge that most won't, is a sense of community. There's, see, that's the one thing that churches became in America. They became this, this center point for the community. And there are a lot of people in churches who are deists. They don't believe the doctrine of the church, but they go because they're attached to that concept. There's a lot that are basically agnostics, but they understand the community hub, the church is. I can't do that. I can't tell you whether you should or not. I'm telling you that you know, after trying for a number of years, I realized this was so the antithesis of what I was. And I would not bring my children up if I had to do it again in the church. My son was brought up in the Methodist church. He was a confirmed Methodist in eighth grade, which is typical. And at some point just after that, we stopped going to church. He stopped going to church. He hasn't darkened the door again. So I don't think necessarily being brought up in a church is going to make a child a believer. I think it's something they either have a predisposition to or they don't. The problem is if they do, and you lay the groundwork and the foundation for it so that they believe it as a child, then it becomes very difficult for them to analyze it rationally. You came to the church at 15. I was born into it. And I know what you're saying, like, how can people not, how can people just be like, oh yeah, Jesus rose from the grave, that's just what happened because the book says so. I remember when I was a little kid in, in Catholic school, like second grade, and they were telling a story of how, you know, Jesus was born and some people didn't believe he was who he was. And I think on second grade, you know, I thought, why would anybody doubt it? Wasn't it obvious? I mean, you heard the story. You know, the angels trumpeted and stuff like that. It went to the, the temple and people came to see him and I why would and then you know as you get older you go well of course you would doubt it so the, the 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 question is how much programming is done to the young mind before it's able to ask logical reasonable and rational questions and when those questions are asked are they are they encouraged or are they discouraged and the problem within faith is that they're discouraged i remember when we learned about the seven gifts of the holy spirit when that happened one of them was fear of the Lord. And I was in seventh grade in Catholic school. And I raised my little hand and said, but ma'am, if God loves me, why would I fear him? She said to me, John, which is the name that I went by back then, John, if God appeared before you right now and said, here I am, John, I am God, I'm here to speak to you, would you not cower in fear? Would you not be afraid? 
I said, if it was really God, I knew it was God, not some ghost or something like that. She said, yes, it did. No, no. You've taught me God loves me unconditionally. Why would I fear him? It didn't go over very well. I was sent to the Monsignor, which is like the senior priest. He couldn't really explain it either. They all thought I was trying to make trouble. When they realized I was asking a sincere question, they just basically said, keep praying and you'll understand. That's See, that's like that's like the dentist when the dentist screws up drilling. He makes a mistake. And he's not sure what to do about it. He's like, just rinse. Right? You don't really, I'm going to buy some time here and get you out of the way. That, that, that's kind of what that was like. And, and to me, I look at all of the wonderful things in life that religion frowns on, you know, and it says, it's, you're not supposed to do that, but it doesn't harm anybody. And I say, well, that doesn't make sense. And I look at all of the pain in the world, and if God is all-powerful and intervening in our, our lives, I say, it makes no sense that God would let good people suffer. Not just die, but suffer in, in unimaginable ways. Imagine having the power to intervene. See, I don't even believe that it's good. See, I think one of the problems is people look at deism and they say, well, God could intervene, but doesn't. God created the universe in like the clockmaker, clockmaker uh, analogy and just walked away and let it be. See, I don't even believe that. I believe that what God is, is the universe itself. As a deist, I'm more of like a pan-deist or panantheist deist, right? The, the, the God is so beyond our ability to explain the, 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 the first motions of the universe or the multiverses. So how do we handle that? I think we as deists have to, 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 to realize that if we want community, we have to find some sort of different community center in our lives, and that means it takes extra work. And how much do we want? Because that's what you're really missing there. Because Christmas is not something that you have to believe in God to have fun with. Again, it's the biggest secular holiday in America. There's more secularism around Christmas. That's what a lot of religious people bitch about. But, I mean, you know, Santa Claus is in Jesus, even though it's an analog, right? And little kids believe in Santa Claus until, what, six, seven-ish? And you say, hey, Mommy and Daddy really bring the presents? There's a transition period? And I think that's important if you want, you know, well-rounded young people. But but the bigger thing I think is, because look, with all the hurricanes and stuff that just happened here in Texas, do you know what the front line was of relief to people? It was the churches. They were the they were the places where they set up shelters. They were the places where they set up staging grounds. They were the st- place where they set up collection points. They moved first. They did good first. And it wasn't just because they were willing to, because there was a shitload of people that weren't religious that were willing to help that used those facilities. It's because it was there. It was available. It was possible. And the thing about a church is when you walk into a church, generally you're just accepted. If you want to become a member, you're a member. And all of a sudden you have this huge extended family. It's very comforting. If we as deists want something like that, we need to find it for ourselves in some other way, some other type of community group. And it's not an easy path. And this is what the, the, the atheist, the agnostic, and the deist have in common. We don't have that easy path. The three of us do not have that easy path. And there are people that I know in my community that know we don't go to church, and therefore we're a little bit further off from being involved in their lives because their life revolves around that church. But that doesn't mean we should walk a false path just so we feel more comfortable. And it doesn't mean we should train our children to walk that path. 
As far as being a leader in my family, leadership is independent of religion. Leadership is making the right choice for my children and now my grandchildren, my adult child, my daughter-in-law, and my wife based on the individual circumstance in any situation. It's probably the same answer a good, upright, and moral atheist would give you or good, upright, and moral agnostic would give you. But I think what the deist has going for them above those groups is the concept that creation is something and that you are part of that something. And that means there is a purpose to your existence. The purpose comes with something called free will. And free will comes with a burden. We do not have a book or a doctrine to tell us what our purpose is. We must seek our purpose and go out and fulfill it. And as a deist, that's how I approach everything that I'm going to do. But I approach it first as a, just a pure human being with, with intelligence and logic and morals. That's how I approach it. I am not a person like that because I'm a deist. I'm a deist because I am a person like that. My intelligence, my logic, my reasoning, my observation of the creation and of the unanswered questions that science claims to have answers for are why I believe in some form of a God. But if you'll notice, when I talk about God, I don't call him him or her. I refer to God as it. Because I don't know what it is. I don't believe it's human-like at all. I believe it is simply an assemblance of knowledge and consciousness and energy and intelligence of some form. Whatever that form is, it's important because it's the keystone to understanding the universe around us. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember, you can always find out more information at moderndeist.org. Check it out. A lot of great web, uh, a lot of great articles I've written over the years there. You can do your shopping on Amazon there to help support the show and other cool stuff like that. We'll catch up with you next time with episode 10.